It's it's good to be back. I guess I haven't gone anywhere, but at least not yet. Who knows what God has for me? So, um, I, I love that that Pastor Dan uh, showed the video of Ghana. Actually, this sort of feels like youth group right now. This is about how many we have. Usually, I will say, "What do I tell you guys in the middle?" All right, no. In the middle. So hopefully I won't be as nervous this service. Um, but I, I love I love Ghana. I, I would love to go back one of these days. And, and um, my heart has always been for missions. Um, since I was little, uh, it was sort of bred into me. I have, uh, on my dad's side, my, dad, uh, my grandpa was a pastor. On my mom's side, uh, I have had uh, church planners in my history. Um, I have had my grandparents smuggle Bibles into, um, into China. I've had aunts and uncles who have gone over and taught English in uh, Korea. And just so, so I've, been, I've been in contact with missions almost all my life. I've been aware of missions all my life. I have always loved hearing the stories of missionaries, of Corey Tim Boom, of... Um, uh, George Mueller of, you know, you, you can name many. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about missions and how we are missionaries. We are all called to the mission field. It's not just a, a, a handful. It's not just a few. So will you please pray, pray with me and for me? <laughs> oh, Heavenly Father, I just, I just pray and just bring this time before you. I just pray that my words will die and that yours will come forth. Jesus, that, that, that as, as we walk out today, that we will take more of you out into the world and that we will be transformed in this time and continue to be transformed in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, my brother is in town, and we were going through a lot of our stuff. I was homeschooled, so we got to write papers and all that fun stuff that my mother kept. And so we were, we were reading through um, a lot of the stuff, and I was just like, man, I, I want to find this letter that, that I wrote when I was seven. Um, actually, I was probably eight, but um, I, one of my favorites, if I had an idol, it would be Mother Teresa, one of my all-time favorites. One of the reasons being is because it, it came out later on is that, well, she loved the poor. And she was willing to go where nobody else wanted to go, touch the lives that nobody else wanted to touch, and that shunned and, and pushed out. And it came out later on in her memoirs that she only heard God once, the calling of God once, and she continued on. She didn't stop until they buried her, until they made her St. Teresa. She kept on going. And I absolutely love that heart. It's like, God, I want that heart. But when I was seven... Um, I wrote a tiny letter to Mother Teresa, and, um, and this, this, this sort of embodies my heart for people. Dear Mother Teresa, we will help the sick and the poor. We, including my family and my parents, will adopt all the children that are not wanted. I am seven, and I believe in Jesus Christ. Love, Emily Faber. So um, this small letter sent me the greatest gift ever. That is one of my, my most treasured possessions. 
um, that, uh, that I have kept, and if you could show it to me. She sent me this. I got this sent back from, from um, the sisters. I, I like to say that it's from her, but it probably really isn't. Um, so, and, and on the back it says, you know, uh, Emily, see the child in the hand? This is you carved on the palm of God's hand. God's hand, he loves you, and he will, may he guide your, guide your feet. And that's one of my, my, my most treasured things that I have from my childhood. And it, it's a little thing. It's very little. And it has impacted my life for, up until now. And so even with that heart, I have always wanted to go on missions. I wanted to, I, I never knew about Ghana, but I always wanted to go to Africa. I always wanted to go to, I wanted to go to India and save all the little kids <laughs> that were born into to the leprosy camps and all that kind of stuff. I always wanted to go and, and help the poor and serve the sick. That's what I wanted to do. But the Lord never called me overseas. He always called me to my own backyard. He's like, you are to be a backyard missionary. You're to stay here. And I'm like, but God, come on. I want to I go right in the buses that, that have axles broken. And, and to be honest, they're trying to get it out of there, not just to, to, to spread the news, the, the bus that's there, is that also so it doesn't get stripped. Because did you guys see that car on the side, on its side, that, that, that probably still owns, somebody still owns that, and it's been stripped for parts for other cars. <laughs> but yet somebody still owns it, and they're like, oh, two more weeks, two more weeks. Um, you know, I, I've ridden in buses and, and still would love to ride in buses that, that they hold the engine together with duct tape. Or put eggs in radiators just to keep them going. I love that kind of stuff. I would love to go out in the bush. I love eating foreign food. I'll, I'll try anything. Just don't tell me what's in it. <laughs> the Lord was like, no, I, I need you here. I need you to stay in your own backyard. And so... What's really awesome about this is that, that, that Foursquare Missions is now changing how they do missions. I went to a missions conference, uh, I think, three or four weeks ago, and, and they started talking about how do we finish, how do we finish the Great Commission? That it's not just about doing the Great Commission, it's about finishing the Great Commission. Lord Jesus, come. We want you to come. Come sooner. And so, as Christians, our job is to finish the Great Commission. So let's read what the Great Commission says. It's in uh, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to a mountain which Jesus uh, directed them to. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, and behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. When I first looked this up, it was actually uh, the message. And I really liked the message and how it put. And Jesus said, or, uh, let's see, Jesus appeared before them and gave them this charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, 
and the way of life, marking them with baptism in the threefold name, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them um, in the uh, then instruct them in all I have commanded you. You will, um, and I will be with you while you do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. Now, that's very, that, that, that's very obvious that, you know, God, God wants us to go, right? But, but I'm going to challenge you a little bit on this. This is not just for a particular one or two people to, to go to Papua New Guinea or to go to Ghana or go to South Africa, or go to, you know, the third world countries where, you know, they, they go and capture their food every single day, or sometimes not even. The Great Commission is to a group and not to an individual. It's to all of us. It's not just to a particular people. Well, it is, because we are called Christians. The great, the, the great Commission is about missionaries, but at the very heart of missions is discipleship. And nowhere in the New Testament is, is the word discipleship. There's disciple. And in the Greek word, there, there can be two meanings that it can be taken. One of it is preached, uh, the, the gospel is preached from the corner street or from the gospel to bring people to Christ, to bring conversion. In Acts 14, this is an example, um, it talks about uh, when, uh, when they had preached the gospel to the city and made many disciples. So they preached the gospel to bring conversion so that they uh, became Christians and therefore became disciples of Christ. I am in the thinking of the other way, of how, how the Great Commission is. That, that's one, I think that that's one step to what discipleship really is. Discipleship is a journey. It says that we are to go and teach and preach and, and go along and learn what God has called us to do. Is that it's not just about us um, um, converting, because uh, honestly, I don't remember, number one, when I converted, and number two, I wasn't perfect when I got converted. Discipleship is a journey. It's an ongoing process. It's something that, that you start from point A, and you go to point Z, which is ultimately heaven. But there's steps in the way. You learn to reflect Jesus more in every facet of your life. But the Great Commission is not necessarily to go, but it's to bring people along beside you in that journey. It's not just to go. I don't think that the Great Commission is necessarily to go, but it's to make disciples, not to make disciples or, or little people like me. God, I, I don't want people to, to look like me or resemble me in any way, shape, or form. I want people to represent Christ first and foremost. Because I, I, I don't have it down pat. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a journey for me. And so many times we get caught up in how to do things. Of, oh, we've got to, you know, um, especially in our Western mind, and saying, oh, the church should look like this in Ghana. Oh, I hope it doesn't. It's my honest hope. Because we don't do church well. We do programs well. 
But church, I don't think, was ever meant to be a huge gathering, and then we go out and do nothing. And I'm not saying that you don't do anything. I'm going to come up to that. But the majority of people who call themselves Christians, are they really Christians? I mean, what's the point of calling a Christian if you look like the world? I'm challenged by that every day. I get to live in the world. I don't know about you, but I don't get to live in a Christian bubble all my life. In fact, I'd much rather not because that, that, that's almost as bad as the world because <laughs> we get so cut off and cornered. The very heart of God is for us to bring people to Christ. And as Christians, that is our, should be our very core. Yes, we're learning to go along, but you don't need age to bring people into the kingdom. You don't need to have been in, in ministry or in, you know, been a Christian for X amount of years to go and love on people. Because ultimately, that's what, what, what uh, missions is. Is they're going overseas and loving on Christ and saying, well, you know, they should probably, you should probably follow Jesus because he loves you regardless of what you do. He wants to have communion. The creator the thing that you don't understand, that you see, that, that you think that you worship, the creator, the God of the universe, wants to have communion with you, and this is how you go about to, to have that friendship with him. He wants to be friends with you. He wants to walk with you through, through your life. He doesn't want you to be perfect. I think Wayne put it so, so beautifully, um, I think it was a couple of years ago, he talked about us being the fifth gospel. And that has, has impacted me. Because the, the old saying goes is that, that we are Jesus with clothes on, right? With skin on. But ultimately, a lot of people don't ever read the Bible. They say, oh yeah, that Bible, I know it. I've read it from back to front. Well, they really haven't read it with understanding. And so it's up to us as Christians, and most of us are, are Christians here. I don't think I'm, I'm talking to anybody who hasn't been exposed to this. Our calling is not to sit and fill pews. Our calling is to love people around us and bring people to Christ in our unique way. Wayne put it um, that we are the fifth gospel we are created to follow Jesus, or, or we, we follow Jesus and we create other Christians by our comings and goings. That, that's ultimately how we, or I, I don't think I said that right, <laughs> um, but, but in our comings and goings, and that's how we bring people to Christ. This requires action on our part. So what are we doing with our faith? In Matthew, there, there's a parable on the talents, or talents. How many of you guys remember that, that parable? Yes? I, I think we tend to think of it as monetary, but I, I think that it's, it's actually, the, the context is about our faith. It, it's, it, I don't think it's monetary at all, because if you look at the parables before and after, they're talking about faith. And so, it, it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize basically, is, is that, that the master of, of these three servants decides to go out of the country. He calls all three of the men and says, okay, I'm going to give you five talents. I'm going to give 
this or ten talents, another one five talents, another one two or one. I don't remember what it is. And, and honestly, I don't think it necessarily matters. And, and then, okay, so the first servant goes out and, and invests in the stock market, and he gets 200. The second one goes and, and decides to, to build a business, and so he gets, you know, more. And the third one, and this is where, unfortunately, I think a lot of Christians fall, so they go and bury it in the backyard. They don't do anything with it. So the master comes back and he basically says, all right, what have you done with my money? Let's see what you've done. And so the first servant comes and, and gives it to him and says, well, you know, you're a, shrewd, you're a shrewd master, so here's your 200 talents. Here's your $200. Second one, the same thing. And he calls them both good and, good and faithful servants. And then the third one comes along and says, I know how shrewd you are. I didn't want to spend your money or do anything with it because I knew that you would want it back. And the master tells him, well, if you knew, if I were, if you knew that I was that shrewd, then you would have done something with it and multiplied it, at least put it in the bank to earn just a little bit of interest. So what are we doing with our faith? Are we burying it in the backyard? Just like God called me to be a missionary in my own backyard means that he's given me a portion of faith. And so what am I going to do with it? How am I going to love my neighbor? The old saying says that, you know, uh, fences build good neighbors. I think that that's uh, Barbara Streisand. It's, it's BS. Um... Because that's not good neighbors. We, see, see, we as Americans are so isolated. We'd much rather go to work, be in our little booths, and then come home and stay home and watch Netflix instead of being in community with each other. How are we to be missionaries or disciple people like Christ asked us to if we don't go where the people are? If you aren't going to your schools, if you aren't going to your jobs. See, God uses the little things. If you say yes to the little things, even at your job, or even start discovering little things about, about people or, or things that they're interested in, you start investing in their lives. At the very heart of missions is discipleship. And at the very heart of, of discipleship is saying, yes, Lord, use me. What can I do in the little things? I sent five bucks to Mother Teresa when I was eight years old. Who knows what God did with that? I don't know, but I know that it impacted me by a little tiny thing that she sent me or that they sent me. It impacted my life. The little things matter. Saying yes matters to the little things. We are created, created to be creative in how we love on people and how we do relationship with people. And there are so many ways to do it in order for us to, to, to expand the kingdom. I love Foursquare because Foursquare is about expanding the kingdom. No, no, no. It doesn't matter what denomination you are. 
That's what I love about Foursquare. And, and LifeSpring embodies that. A lot of churches don't. But I love LifeSpring is that we could care less about what denomination you are as long as you are in the kingdom. Let's go. Doesn't matter what church you go to. Doesn't matter where you're at. Let's walk together in this. And honestly, we have no excuse. There are so many things to do, so many little things that matter. Like I said, I went to this, this conference, and um, the district, not the district supervisor, but, but the, the uh, uh, missions, um, oh, what is he? Jim, he is the, was the missions coordinator for all FMI, Four Square Missions. And um, he brought his mother-in-law. And his mother-in-law suffered this huge stroke. She was very active, um, very active in the church, in the community, but she suffered this huge stroke, lost all um, use of her right side, could not speak anymore. And she just felt like she was useless. God could no longer use her. But then she saw this thing on, on um, Foursquare Missions Press, and it was, about, it, was, it was talking about how they needed, uh, I think that they call them um, the gospel bracelets, or the, uh, I, I know it as the wordless story. I don't know if a lot of you guys know what that is. But it's, it's a bracelet of, of, of beads or a little booklet of colors, and it goes through how to accept Christ and, and, and what the story of Christ is. And so here's her story, and I would love you guys to watch it. She was doing something with her faith, even though she had no 
no way of verbalizing it. Oh, well, I mean, she was verbalizing it, but she couldn't do it with her mouth. She felt useless, and, and then God brought, she said, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's, I can do that. What are things that you guys are doing in your community? There's so many things here that you can do at, at LifeSpring. My, my dad, I, I, love, I, I love the example of my dad. He, um, he works for Boeing. He has people who are from India that come over. And so he decided one day that he would learn how uh, to understand cricket. I think that that's one of the most boring sports ever. It can go on for five days, and they're just I'm like, okay, what's, what, you know, what are they really trying to do? Hit the guy? Um, but my, my, the, the, the point is, is that my dad decided to say yes and step out of his comfort zone and do something and discover something that he actually likes. I don't understand, but he did it so that he could step into somebody else's world and say, hey, let's talk about this and open a conversation. And that, from what I understand, has opened up conversations about who God is or what God is or how we believe versus how they believe. It's a conversation. Who knows what kind of seeds he's sowing at that point in time. See, it may not be his job to reap. It may not be his job to sow, but it might be his job to water or to shine light on or to say, hey, let's go in and till the field. There's so many jobs to do. And, and I, I love Foursquare because their, their whole idea and their dynamic has changed and is impacting all of missions. They're saying that it's missions is just not about evangelism. It's about so much more. And they actually put out a four-stage, um, if you could put up that, a, a four-stage uh, nat- national church development. And the first is basically going and praying where you're going to plant the church. The second is developing leaders and, um, and the process of building the church. The second is discipleship and training up leaders so, that the, so you can walk, work into the fourth and send leaders. I love it. Almost all the other denominations have um, brought this on, and I, and I absolutely love it, because I am not an evangelist by heart. That, that's not my calling. That's not my passion. I don't want to stand on the street corner like our, our uh, um, uh, sister Amy Simple McPherson. She stood on a street corner, stood on a soapbox, and the crowd would gather around her, and she would run back into Angela's temple and then give the gospel. That's not me. That's not how I do it. I don't do it like, like Brother Ray does it. Thank God I don't. Thank God I do it like how God created me to do it. Because I, I'm, not an, I, I'm called to be an evangelist when the time comes, but I much rather be developing leaders. I much rather be going to Ghana and bringing truth and saying, this is what God says. Let's read the Bible together and discuss how God speaks to us. Discuss, how, you know, what, what's going on in this passage. I do it here with the youth group. That's what I do with my Bible studies. That's how I preach most of the time. We, we break out into small groups as much as I can. I haven't preached for a while, but it's so good. I, I'm doing it next week, so. 
Um, but there's, there's a spot for everybody. There's a spot for everybody to be a missionary. And this is even the greater part is that the world is actually coming to us. We don't have to go anywhere. That the world is right next door to us or in our schools or in our workplaces or in our neighborhoods. Tim Wimberly, um, who used to pastor uh, down in uh, Olympia, I don't remember where he got sent to. He's, he's basically teaching about marriage. Um, I think, I don't think it's Nepal, but it's somewhere over in that area, teaching about marriage and how Christian marriage works. He used to put it this way. What is the best, you know, if, if the world is like, or how did he put it? I think he talk, was talking about missions. Missions for sure. Think of missions like a bag of trail mix. What is the best part? The chocolate. Well, he disagrees. He says that it's the sunflower seeds. And all the sunflower seeds sift to the... I know, I, I like the chocolate. I'd much rather have all the M&Ms. The chocolate and the raisins are what usually goes, and the cashews. But he likes the sunflower seeds, and they all sift down to the bottom. And so how do you get those to the top? Anybody know? You shake it up, or you turn it upside down how he puts it. And he says the the world of missions is turning upside down now. Because those people who are in in countries that are closing and closing quickly to where we can no longer go as Christians, they're actually coming here. Sudanese, Sudan is, is a perfect example. So at this conference, there's a guy who's going to Germany to be a missionary to the Sudanese. He's not going to be a missionary for the Germans. How crazy is that? He's going to an open country to go be a missionary to people who are in a closed country. The world as we know it is getting turned upside down. We, and this is why it's so important to understand that we are all called to missions. We are all called to advance the kingdom of God in our unique way. We may not all be called to reap, but we are definitely all called to sow and water and to shine the light. I worked at a coffee shop for um, 13 years. And I've been doing ministry since I was 14. And I said yes to the little things. I said yes, I'll, I'll listen to sports radio as long, you know, it's just, it's sometimes stupid. <laughs> but I'll do it so that I can start a conversation with somebody at the coffee shop. I'll learn something new so that I can open up a conversation with somebody. I'll learn how to change a tire so I, as a girl, can stop and help somebody along the side of the road to change a tire. I'll carry jumper cables to jump somebody if they need jumpers. And then maybe, I don't know how many countless conversations I've gotten into, little conversations about, well, why are you so nice? What are you doing? I'm like, let me tell you why I'm so nice. I do it in my own way. But it's saying yes to the little things and stepping out and saying, all right, God, 
Where do you want me to go? In my workplace? In my community? Who do you need me to love? And start taking board by board those, that, that fence down and loving our neighbors as we do ourselves and becoming missionaries in our own backyard because the world is coming to us. And all we have to do is say yes. That's all we have to do. I don't think the worship team is in here. I don't know where they're at. But I'm getting getting ready to close. I was told last time to call them up, so I'm calling you up. The little things make a difference. Just like with the, 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 the fish in the loaf, all we have to do is bring the little things to God. All we have to do is say, yeah, I'll follow you, Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he's either feeding 5,000 or we're walking on water. You don't get to the big things right away. You have to work at them. It's a journey to get there. And then all of a sudden, you look around and you're like, how did I get here? But you got to say yes. The little things make the difference. I've been in ministry since I've been 14. I don't know how many diapers I've changed. I don't know whose lives I've touched or how it's impacted further on, but I know that in that moment, that kid, that adult, that grandma or grandpa who's missing their kids or their grandkids, I got to love on them in that moment and share Jesus with them. Maybe not with verbal, but definitely shine the love of Christ on them and love on them where they're at and bring them along for the journey and say, hey, man, life is hard. It's going to be harder, but we don't do it alone. We can't do it alone. Come and walk with me. And so I invite you guys to come and walk with me as, as we go out into the community, as we go break bread with our family that we can maybe barely stand and love on them and show them Christ in the little ways because it's a journey. It's a process. But we got to say yes to the little things. we got to start chipping away and saying, man, God loves you. This is how much he loves you. He loves you even more than this, even more than you can ever imagine. But come along with me and let's walk through this journey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you will make us like little kids again. And our ability to show your love for us. God, and in all the ministries that go on even at the church, Father, I just pray that we will take responsibility to, to love and expand your kingdom. God, expand your kingdom through us. Let us not bury our talent in the backyard, God, but let us invest in others. Let us love on people in the unique way that you created us. I thank you so much for creating us to be creative. I thank you so much for loving us. 
that you take the small portions that we do, that we think are insignificant, and make it so worthwhile that it advances the kingdom, that it grows the kingdom, that it finishes the Great Commission in ways that we could never imagine. God, blow our minds with those little things. God, and I just pray for opportunities throughout the week and throughout the month and throughout the year that we will love and impact those people around us, that we will have divine appointments, divine openings to where we can say, God loves you this much. God, and I just pray that we will just go into awkward moments and make them more awkward. Just, God, and that that through that awkwardness, your love will flow and flow deep and flow long and flow heavy. Jesus, I just pray for those those insecurities that, that are in this room that say, well, I don't think I can. God, I just pray that you will give creative ways in how we can. God, I just pray that, that, that if, if there's regret for missed opportunities, Father God, I just pray for grace for those. And God, I just pray that those doors will open again and again and again and again. And that, that we will be able to let those go and say, man, God has something for them. God, I just pray that you will give us the wisdom and when to pursue and when to hold back because you have something else for them, somebody else to pursue them. God, I just pray for conversations over cups of coffee and cups of tea. I just pray that they will revolve around you and uplift you. God, I just pray that our hearts for the missions in our own backyard will grow. And God, that it will be uniquely ours and how you created us to be that we don't have to follow in anybody foot, anybody's footsteps except for Jesus's. Jesus, give us the courage. Give us the prodding. Holy Spirit, come and fall. Fall and go with us. In Jesus' name.